Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lamos. So when I originally recorded this podcast intro, because we are talking about a mindful motherhood story today, I wanted to share how mindfulness has helped me navigate the past few weeks and more specifically how it has helped me process the grief in the passing of my grandfather. And I got into this story and of course, you know, as a highly sensitive person, (laughs) the emotions come flowing out and I got really choked up and I cried a little and it was really real and raw and vulnerable. And part of me thought, of course, this is the perfect platform to have that space to do that. But the other part of me was unsure of it, if it was the time and place to do it. So I went to Instagram and asked you guys what you thought. And most of you said, girl, you better keep that. Uh, But while I completely agree that in order to help create change, we need to be real and vulnerable and share the entire gradient of motherhood. But I also believe that each episode of this podcast is a celebration of another woman. And that's why I created this podcast was to celebrate real motherhood stories. So I will have my own episode towards the end of the season where I will share with you my mindfulness journey, what's been going on with me, how enlightenment blossomed into what it is. And so I want to give Kyrie the platform today and I will share with you guys at a later time and I guarantee there probably will be crying. So anyway, today I am talking with Kyrie Phoenix. She is a leadership partner in the Grand Rapids Bloom and Kyrie heard about mindfulness in 2015 and like many of us thought it was really bizarre and it wasn't until she needed the most when she remembered the tools she had learned and started to slowly implement it into her life. So I think it's important to remember that there are mothers and women out there who have yet to discover mindfulness, still think it's bizarre and really don't have these tools to help navigate this crazy thing called motherhood. So one of the reasons I created this platform and this podcast was to share real life motherhood applications. And that's what today's episode is, is just celebrating Kyrie's journey and also reminding us that mindfulness isn't a one size fits all. It looks different for everyone. And if I can inspire one person today to consider implementing it into their life, then I've done my job. So here's Kyrie. So walk me through your mindfulness journey. Did it start after you became a mother? Yes. Um, I was actually introduced to mindfulness back in 2015, I believe. So I'd been a mom for three years. Um, I was a returning adult student in college. And I had previously attended college, hadn't graduated, um, returned as an adult. And one of the courses that I was taking was mindfulness and meditation. Hmm. And four years ago, it wasn't mainstream. So the adults in my class were all like, this is weird. Like, (laughs) I can't slow down. All of us were parents working and going to school. Like, I don't have time to just sit and not think or think. (laughs) Um, And so I tried, it was a five-week course. 
I had, you know, put my best foot forward into it. Um, the course was over and I didn't really think much of it after that. We had then experienced our early pregnancy loss of our second, second pregnancy, the end of 2015. So I'm like, there's, you know, heartbroken. And in the back of my mind, remembering all the mindfulness that we had gone through, um, I'm like, okay, I think I can slow down a little bit and appreciate where we're at, even though these heartaches are going on. Um, and then July of 2016, we had found out we were pregnant um, and it had been successful. Our second son, who would then be our rainbow baby, was born in March 2017. Our oldest was four and a half when our youngest was born. And I had slipped into postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Loved being a mom. Had feared becoming a mom of two because I loved our first son so much and so deeply mm-hmm. but then was torn because growing up I always wanted to be a mom of a big family so there's a lot going on you know being a mom for the second time adjusting to trying to balance work life motherhood being a spouse um and the postpartum anxiety had lasted until our youngest was about 18 months So September of 2018, I remember waking up one day and the fog had lifted. Hmm. Um, There was a sense of calm within the chaos of life, but I was finally feeling good. I was feeling confident in my abilities to do it all. And not that I needed to be perfect in it all, but that I could manage everything. Mm -hmm. Two months later, my aunt had passed away super unexpectedly and she was a month shy of her 50th birthday wow so super young um she is my second mom me and my sister are three years apart she's younger than me by three years the two of us were raised by our mom she was a single mom she worked full-time my aunt and my uncle without taking away credit from my mom, had brought us in and raised us as their own with their four girls. So I grew up basically with five sisters. And my mom is one of five girls. So there's a lot of these like parallels in life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had, like I said, grown up with a big family. So we'd gone through the postpartum anxiety. My aunt passed away. With my aunt's death, she was able to donate her organs. Um, So in this season of grief and wishing for our miracle, my aunt to somehow be okay and survive the accident, she was able to save up to 75 lives, save and enhance up to 75 lives with her organs, tissues, and eyes. Wow. And... Death is never an easy thing, but her death came at a time where I was okay 
because I'd gone through that postpartum anxiety and I was finally stable. Um, but it made me realize that I needed to take care of myself the best that I could mind, body, and soul, the whole being. And that I can be a mom and I can be the best mom that I am able to, but that I need to take care of myself because I can't be the best mom if I'm not Mm. putting in the effort for myself. Yeah. So mindfulness comes in to play now with our second, um, he's so strong-willed. It's night and day between our oldest and our youngest. And I try not to compare. I try not to compare many things in life because I don't. Comparison can help you if it's going to push you for growth. But if you're comparing and it's making you feel bad, then that's where I, you know, draw a line. And I really try and stay away from because I know for my mental health, it's, it can be a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. So I try and take these moments with our youngest who just turned two in March and understand that he is his own person. <laughs> um, and it's okay to take those steps back. Um, we have this crazy, amazing bond, a bond that I have with my oldest as well. Um, but my youngest, you know, needs to be by me mm-hmm. and wants to be by me. But then he'll get upset in the moment because something's not going his way or he's tired or he's trying to communicate his wants or his needs. And there's that disconnect because he is only to, um, to where I, I have to separate us. As much as I know he needs me, he also needs time for himself. And I do too. Yeah. So that's been an adjustment <laughs> because I, I want to be there. You know, I want to show him and both of my boys, but it's so different. Our oldest will be seven next month. Like he's, he's off on his own, doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. He's so good, you know, and he goes to school full time. So we're vacation now, you know, but he goes to school full time. So it's very different. Yeah. Uh and then going back to the mindset of having to take care of myself, understanding that making time to work out in any capacity is a good thing. It doesn't need to be anything strenuous or crazy. Uh, but even those 20 minute walks a day that I'm going on with our youngest those moments that I can just breathe. He sits in the wagon and I pull it. I can appreciate all that we've been through. Mm -hmm. And trying to fit in balance, whether that's in the kitchen, making meals for us or going through the drive-thru because it's quick and easy. And I, I, can't give anything more giving myself that grace to be like hey it's okay 
Mm-hmm. You're doing the best that you can. And I think mindfulness is going to look different for everyone, um, especially in motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're all going through different journeys. Mm-hmm. We're all going through it. And motherhood is a beautifully challenging but rewarding thing. But understanding that it might not always be a 20 minute bath or, you know, longer that it, it's okay if it's those moments where you close your eyes and you count to five, take a deep breath and face the next, the next moment that's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Moment by moment. Moment that's beautiful. Moment by moment. Yeah. Tell me, did what you learned in your class and then once you started to apply it in your everyday life, was it similar? Did it click or did you think this was nothing like I had learned, but I'm so happy that I at least tried it and now look at what it's done for my life? It's interesting that you asked that because I was recently talking to a friend. Um, We were talking about things that we learn. And in the moment, like I said, it's, you wonder why you're going through them, why you're learning it. And then you find situations later on in life. You're like, oh my goodness, like, I remember that. And that's with the mindfulness. I Mm -hmm. want to find my, I say textbooks, but they're really like books that we were reading in these courses. Um, I really should try and find the actual book that we were reading because I do from my memory see a lot of parallels Mm -hmm. Um, those moments taking a deep breath counting to five recognizing what the moment is and understanding that the next moment can be different I do see a lot of parallels and it's interesting um I remember during the course, like I said, it was five weeks long, but I bought a adult coloring book because those were really popular back just a couple years ago. But, um, and it was a mindfulness one, you know, so you were encouraged to take a few minutes and color. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, seen myself doing similar things. You know, I really find, um, I'm not super artistic, but you know, like hand lettering, calligraphy, things that I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's that's self care. Yeah, which relates back to the mindfulness, and it's this full circle moment. Mommy. going through all these difficult and interesting times. Yeah, I don't know if I would have as much of appreciation for mindfulness for myself personally, if I hadn't gone through that course, because at the time it seemed so different worldly, like out of mind, out of, it was so bizarre. And that sounds awful to say. No, not at all. But we're so used to being busy. We're in the society where busyness seems to be the thing you wear this badge of I'm busy I do this I do this Mm -hmm. I do think society is changing so I shouldn't say that we live in society I think society is seeing 
a change and understanding that it's okay to rest. We don't need to do all the things right away. Um, but that's one thing that I had learned in the class that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I need to do all these things. But we really don't. They can wait. Yeah. And then I'm torn because I want to appreciate every moment and live as much as I can. Right. Yeah, it's hard. What was it like when you started seeing mindfulness become a buzzword everywhere? Was it like, oh, this is what I learned? Or did you, were you surprised that something you thought was so bizarre was now just becoming mainstream? Yes, it was. And especially because like, I didn't talk about it when I was learning it Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel the need. And a few years ago, I wasn't as confident with my voice and my story. Mm -hmm. And it was so different you know, four years ago than it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't share a lot. So it was interesting seeing that he said it become a buzzword. And I'm like, wait, I heard about that. And I practiced that (laughs) years ago. And here's what it, and I didn't want to feel like I was, I don't want to, I don't know how to describe it, like a bandwagon fan. Right. With it. But at the same time, even if I am, that's what's working for me. That's okay. I love that you kind of admit that you thought it was bizarre because I think there's so many of us. I mean, when we first heard about it, it it is kind of bizarre. Wait, stop and do absolutely nothing. Breathe, think about nothing. But it is kind of that stereotypical textbook version of mindfulness that I think scares a lot of people away because once you actually start practicing it, it's not necessarily all those things. And you said it beautifully before that it's what works for you and it's not going to be the same for everybody. Correct. Thank you. (laughs) It it reminds me of a month and a half ago, before summer break had started, um, I was practicing yoga just in my living room. I was giving it a try. And I remember when I started it, I was like, I don't know how I feel. Mommy. Okay. You say hi? No. Hello. <laughs> it's Lena. Um, just the parallels with yoga and meditation um, is where I'm getting at. Not trying to go totally off tangent, but just how bizarre the calmness felt to me with yoga. Mm-hmm. And by the end of my three week course, I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. Like taking 20, 30 minutes to focus on me and my breathing in these very intricate movements. I can see why people do this. I see benefits personally, not any scientific. I'm not you know, a doctor. I'm not a professional, but just how amazing it can be when we slow down. Mm-hmm. Did people around you start to notice a change once you started practicing mindfulness? Yes, especially because of our grieving process. And we're still on the grief journey with my aunt passing away. Um, I'm, all, I'm super sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. That's, I fully admit that. Um, but that I was able to be a bit more level-headed. Mm-hmm through 
our process with grief. You know, I see a lot of family coming to me and they're like, I don't need to talk about it anymore. I'm like, no, if you need to talk, like I want to talk too. Like that's part of grief, but that it's okay. It's okay to feel what we're going through. We can acknowledge those feelings, welcome them, accept them and work through them. And a lot of that comes through the mindfulness practice because I allow myself those opportunities to yeah. just breathe. Keep breathing. That's the most important. And it's something that we don't do enough of. We're all very shallow breathers. Yeah. What do your daily rituals look like now? I will be honest. It's been a bit hit or miss this summer. I totally feel you with that. <laughs> it's rough. I'm working from home this summer. So that's been a big adjustment for all of us. Um, but I really try to wake up a little bit earlier. Our boys are early risers. So I try to wake up. Um, we have a couple of fish tanks, which are nice to give you that water sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and relax in the living room a little bit with the children home. It's like five minutes. Then I'm gonna go <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to rush it, but I don't want to be in the middle of trying to focus on myself. Right. I don't have the kids coming in yeah. and ruining, I shouldn't say ruining it, but that's kind of what happens. Yeah. I totally get that. But my daughter's only 15 weeks old, but I feel like every time I try to sit down and meditate when my husband's not home, it's just like, she knows. Yes. <laughs> Funny how that works. It is. They have these sensors on us. Uh-huh. Yep. So what would, advice would you give for any mother who I think the, the stigma is breaking for what people think mindfulness and meditation and taking moments for yourself are. But for someone like you who thinks it's still bizarre, what advice would you give her any almost anecdotal evidence that it isn't as bizarre as it seems? I would encourage, especially mothers, to understand that it's okay to not be busy. It's okay to sit down for a couple minutes our time is super valuable and it is incredibly limited because we naturally are needed by our children. Mm -hmm. But as cliche as the saying has become, you really cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, You can't give more than you're putting into yourself without being burnt out. And you're not doing a service to anyone if you are burnt out. And those signs can be hard to see and it can sometimes become too late. But if you take the appropriate steps now, even even if it's little baby steps in any forward direction are still going to create positive change. And if it's something you're looking for, change on any level taking those moments to yourself, being mindful, breathing can be a good way to get there. Do you practice any mindfulness things as a family or with your sons? I have done a few 
mindfulness sessions just from YouTube with our oldest. And it happens when we can squeeze it in (laughs) between everything going on at home. And not that we're like super busy people, but we get caught up in life. Yeah. And so does everyone. Yes. And sometimes at the end of the day, I really just want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at least once a week, I try and get our oldest son, uh, he and I in the living room together, and we'll sit on the floor with our legs crossed and just listen to YouTube mindfulness for kids. I don't remember the channel that we watch. I think I try and bounce around between different ones mm-hmm. so that he's not getting bored. Um but I have seen changes in him where the first few times he's like, mom, this is weird. (laughs) Like we're just sitting here closing our eyes and they're telling us to think about something like, you know, the guided meditation to think about our breathing or our body. He's like, this is weird. But now it almost becomes something that he looks forward to because it's something that we do, the two of us. Mm. That's wonderful. Have you noticed any changes in him once you've started the meditation or after you've started the meditation? Our oldest is a lot like me, um, highly sensitive, very aware of his surroundings. And the mindfulness and meditation helps kind of keep him grounded Mm -hmm. um, and understand and recognize the emotions when they're coming on. And has allowed him like opportunities to speak about what he's feeling and know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it'd be, you know, so elevated these emotions and these strong feelings and the tears would start and they wouldn't be able to stop. But knowing now that it's okay to, to take a step back and breathe first and understand those feelings. Right. Yeah. I think it's so powerful when we practice it with our children and when children are able to have so much benefit from it as well. It's just such a beautiful thing. All the mothers who I've heard who who have kids who practice meditation and all the wonderful things it's done for them. It's just so amazing. It is. And they're going to grow up not thinking it's bizarre. Exactly. You know, they may start because it's different to them in the beginning, but it's going to become normal. Just like getting in the car to go run errands. Like it's just going to become something that's part of what we do and they won't know any different. Yeah. Which is amazing to think because then just the consciousness of the next generation, I mean, they're not going to all have to go through this spiritual awakening, awakening almost like we have where they're going to have to find it later in life because X, Y, Z happened, but it's just going to be such an amazing tool. They already have that who knows what they'll be able to do because of it. That's exactly it. And I haven't really thought about it that way, you know, till you and I are speaking and I'm like, that's 100% right. That's why I want to keep showing up for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see what the, the children who the mindful mothers of our generation that we're raising, what they're going to do with the world. It's going to be amazing. 
It is. And then if you believe the whole ascension theory that the right now the world is, there's a bunch of people on the world, the light workers and the star seeds who are coming to raise the dimension or the vibrations of the world from, what is it, 3D to 5D. So it will raise the consciousness and everyone will be love. And it's beautiful to think if it's all a part of that as well. Yes. Yeah. No, no, um, what was the word? I mean, no, no pressure for us or anything. <laughs> none at all. None at all. We just <laughs> do what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Well, I love to end this podcast on just words of encouragement for anyone out there who needs a pick me up or is having a bad day and just needs those words of wisdom to, to start their day. Not just for mothers. But for anyone, I truly, truly believe that you are doing the best that you can in this moment. Your best doesn't mean you have to push yourself to your fullest capabilities. Your best is what you're doing in this moment to live. You have those breaths in in your lungs. Your heart is beating. You're here for a purpose and you're doing great. And if you are a mom doing your best, please don't be so hard on yourself because your kids love you with all of their hearts. No matter what they say, no matter what tantrums are being, you know, felt all those strong emotions at its core All of it is love. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas. (music) Thank <music> you.